0: Many years ago, Jerry Seinfeld used to do this, this stand-up um, act. It wasn't on the show, but it was on his stand-up, and he said that the number one fear of humanity is public speaking, and then followed by the number two fear, which was death. So you'd rather be dead than doing what I'm doing right now, most of you here in this room, based on that statistic. <laughs> but I just always thought that that was a really funny, a really funny thing. and the strange thing about i think our culture or how it's kind of changed in christianity is that we really don't like to talk about death or think about it at all in fact but that's not really part of our christian tradition and our heritage as we celebrate the resurrection from jesus rising from the dead back in the day People used to kind of try to keep their death sort of before them. This concept in Latin, you see the phrase sometimes, is called memento mori, remember that you will die. And you see it depicted in a lot of ancient Christian art. A lot of you have probably seen the famous Caravaggio painting of St. Jerome, where St. Jerome is holding a skull in his hand and looking at it. Or you might see St. Thomas Aquinas you know, writing in his Summa Theologia and his skull sitting on his desk somewhere. And it's just like what's the deal with all these skulls and these ancient paintings and that was the idea it was memento mori that your death should kind of remain before you throughout your life and we remember this even what jesus says to pontius pilate he says my kingdom is not here my kingdom is not of this earth his kingdom is in heaven elsewhere not here in this material world that we live in on this earth now about five years ago um, unless you were recently confirmed or at a confirmation, I don't know if you've heard this story, but some of you probably have, so you'll get to hear it again. So, um, I, when I was a coach at, at the MAC for the climbing team, there was a number of kids there that inevitably were Catholic, and so any time that somebody got up to their First Communion or like confirmation age, their default thing was like, well, who's gonna be your confirmation sponsor? It's like, oh, well, Peter will be your confirmation sponsor, obviously. And so I was kind of lucky to be the confirmation sponsor to, I think I've got my fourth one coming up of one of the kids that I had coached in the past. And so this young man, his name was Jeffrey, and uh, I had the privilege to coach him since he was like six and a half years old, all the way on up until this point of his confirmation. So we had went to dinner at his grandmother's house right before the confirmation mass and so i'm a cathedral parishioner and so is jeffrey so the confirmation was going to be at the cathedral with archbishop sample and so one of my best friends drew he is the coach of the climbing team now so we were in the car with jeffrey driving from his grandmother's over to the cathedral and some of you know this kind of like weird little intersection when you get by the cathedral right by 405 chown lighting is like to your right and ace hardware is right there and you can kind of get on 405 and it's a strange little intersection right there so we're sitting there at the light and my friend drew says oh no man she saw you and i'm thinking like who saw me like what is he talking about i had no idea what he meant initially and then he's just like i tell you what man that collar is like a magnet and so all of a sudden and and he was right about this when you walk around with a clerical collar on people approach you and ask you all kinds of questions in all kinds of environments because imagine you're like in the airport and they're like well i never see a priest well this is my chance i'm going to ask him that one question right now or i'm going to tell him why i don't like him or his church you know so you get all kinds of things and so on that particular day now i was a sacristan at the cathedral for the 7 30 a.m mass for, for quite a while. And so I was familiar with a lot of the the surrounding area. And so I recognized this was kind of a wild-eyed homeless woman that is normally in those blocks around the cathedral. So I would see her around on a regular basis. She was the one that was walking. So she decided she walked right across traffic, just walked right out there in traffic. She stepped up and stood right in the center of the hood of the car at the light in the middle of the intersection. She put her hands up in the air like this and just said resurrection and then she put her hands down and she walked on by and we looked at each other and we're like well that was unusual (laughs) it was just the strangest experience and so then we drove on to the cathedral and so we're there at the mass and you know i think this is kind of a requirement for bishops and priests so you know when you're when you're a teenager and you're being confirmed of course you feel sort of the need to walk through the aisles and ask questions to a bunch of teenagers that have no interest in answering your questions, especially in front of their peers. And so Archbishop Sample is doing that very thing. He's walking up and down the aisle, and he said, there's one reason that we're here today. Does anybody know the one reason that we're here today? And, you know, after a few timid wrong answers, you know, two or three wrong answers, one more brave soul raises their hand and says the resurrection? And he's like, the resurrection, that is the one reason that we are here today for your confirmation, the resurrection. And I look at Drew, and Drew looks at me, and Jeffrey looks at me, and I look at Drew, and we're like looking all at each other. I was like, that lady was like a street prophet of some sort. And to this day, it was still one of the strangest things that ever happened to me. Now, Do I know what that means? No, actually, I have no idea what it means, really. But what it does tell you is this. Every once in a while, our Lord Jesus Christ will peel back the veil and he will give us a glimpse of something about his plan or he'll tell you, he'll show you that he is active in this world. And it was just the strangest thing to me that the one message that the Archbishop had for them that day, was the one thing that she said to us, completely unconnected. It was the strangest thing in the world to me. But it made me realize that God was trying to tell us something. You know, he was trying to say, I am at the helm here. I am in control. Pay attention. The resurrection, what we hear in that reading from the Acts of the Apostles, Can you imagine how unbelievably profound and important that moment really is, what it really was? For those that knew Jesus and loved Jesus and believed that he was Lord, they watched him die. They watched him be crucified. And then these very same people, remember this is not just the 12, but hundreds of his disciples saw his resurrected body, spoke with him, ate with him, but it says not everybody saw. He didn't reveal himself to everybody, but he revealed himself to a certain chosen amount of people to see him. And they saw him, and they believed, and what subsequently happens after that? This miracle is so profound in these people's lives that they are willing to die for it. You know, not not all of them died for it, but most of them probably did. We we know that all of the apostles, with the exception of John, die a martyr's death for what they saw, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nobody had ever conquered the one thing that we're afraid to think about or keep in front of us: death itself. Until They see Jesus Christ resurrected. And that is enough for the Christian movement to happen. So what's happening in the world right now that's a little crazy and disconcerting can be summed up by the words of Pontius Pilate that we hear in the Passion readings. What happens? We hear in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He stands before Pontius Pilate and says, I was sent to give testimony to the truth. And then Pilate says to him, what what I think is a voice of the world culture right now, what is truth? He stands looking at the truth himself, and he says, what is truth? He doesn't recognize it, although it's standing right in front of him. And I say this a lot, and I'll say it till the day that I die. The truth is not something, it is someone. There's way too many ideas out, out there that the truth is an idea, a philosophy, or an individual reality, what we would call relativism. It's like, hey, your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth, man, you know? No, that's not what the truth is. The truth is a person. It is Jesus Christ. Remember, the way, the truth, and the life. And on Holy Thursday, one of the very last parts of that gospel is he said he washes the disciples' feet. And he says, I give you a model to live by. Go and do likewise. So the truth, the way, is actually a way of living your life that is modeled by jesus christ he dies he suffers it's something that is written in our faith but just because we suffer and we die in this world if we follow the way of jesus christ if we believe that he is the truth then we have eternal life we inherit eternal life it's no small thing in the end it's actually the only thing We preoccupy ourselves with so many things in this world, but in the end, that is the only thing. In fact, those early Christians, those people who were willing to die for this message, in the very beginning, they weren't even called Christians yet. They were just simply called followers of the way. Because people could just tell by their action that they were Christians because of the conviction of this message the resurrection of Jesus Christ the way that they acted in society that's how they were able to be identified by other people because of their way the way of Jesus Christ i'm sure most of you know cs lewis cs lewis wrote the chronicles of narnia you know the lion the witch and the wardrobe uh, the screwtape letters mere christianity a ton of books he wasn't always a believer He wasn't always a Christian, but this was the clincher for C.S. Lewis. He basically realized, he saw in our life how restless we are. And I often say this at funerals. We live a restless existence in this life. But St. Augustine said, Lord, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And so what C.S. Lewis notices is just think about when you went to sleep last night. You're sleeping for a little while, and then you're like, oh my gosh, this shoulder hurts, i got to roll over. It's like, oh, this shoulder hurts, oh, my back hurts, i got to get up and pee. Um, I'm thirsty, I need a drink of water. This is our most restful state, and that's what it looks like. That's when we're most rested in this life. We're always trying to find this ultimate comfort, contentment, happiness, and C.S. Lewis saw this. He said, why would that desire be so deeply embedded in every single one of us, this desire to be ultimately content and happy if it did not exist? It does, in fact, exist, and he realized, but just not in this world. Remember, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world, but we are aligned to eternity, to a life where we are ultimately content and ultimately happy. And that is what the resurrection means. It means that if we follow Christ, that death in this life is actually gain. You know, we heard not too long ago that if grain were me- a grain of grain of wheat falls on the ground, and you know. And does not die it remains just a grain of wheat but if it falls on the ground and dies it produces fruit new life actually comes from that and so that's what happens if we keep our own death before us then the resurrection is attached to that as Christian people eternal life is what we inherit it's a scary thing It's not an easy thing to ponder our own death. But if we can follow the way, the truth, and the life that is Jesus Christ, then that's what's waiting for us. Eternity, eternal comfort, happiness. No more suffering. No more pain. No more anxiety. No more masks. No more having to spend a year not going to an Easter service. Because in fact, the whole of eternity is the Easter joy of being with the resurrected Christ. God bless you all and happy Easter.